Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kel, with me as always is my brother Brendan, and together we make movies with a DBS Films. Today's episode, we're going to have a two-part series on what we're looking for in 2023 when it comes to the growth of DBS. So, as you guys are listening to this episode right now, it is currently 2023. So this is the first episode of the new year. We are recording this just shy of New Year's Eve. So we are going to basically take a look, see what 2023 could potentially have in store for DBS, make a few predictions, but all in all, just kind of give a top level view of where we are heading. As always, be sure to take a look at our uh, pot or our Discord channel online. That is the place to be. We make movies for our fans, with our fans. So if you want to be part of the action, if you want to be in our films, on set, in the know, that is the place to be. So we are hopping into 2023 conversations. I think the best place to start quick little recap we did have the full review of 2022 and the last two episodes you can get more information on that one but i really just kind of wanted to highlight you know the big theme coming from that is last year was really a big milestone in the sense of laying the foundation for dbs we found a model that works we started the discord channel we've tapped into our community we're getting all these things aligned and it seems like we are set up to succeed so do you want to talk about real quick what it feels like to have that base understanding the methods that we're you know implementing are working and seeing it you know begin to move the flywheel yeah 100 i think that you know last year getting through the distribution process making multiple movies going from script to actual shooting them and then getting them uploaded you know with each one you do you get more confidence and I'm honestly kind of taking the next couple of days to look at the business from a top-down level, sort of like what I did with COVID or when COVID hit and we couldn't shoot anything. I figured out, all right, how can we get better? Um, right now, it's still taking us a little bit of time to edit these movies. And I think we found a solution with by shooting found footage movies. Writing the scripts, um, that's taken a little bit of time, but we're much faster than most studios, and I still think we can get better at it, um, whether or not that's just me increasing my words per day or just getting better at creating outlines. But the fact is now we have so many movies under my belt that I understand what works and what doesn't work. So I'm not going down these paths where I know that this won't work and we're going to have to end up scrapping it, where I know kind of or at least I have a good idea of what people want and where we want to take these movies. So that should, in theory, allow me to write scripts faster. And as far as our production goes, um, you know, we shot that into the forest or not into the forest, uh, forest death in uh, eight days and it was a very smooth eight days so i don't think we can get any leaner than that if anything i'd like to scale up the production add more special effects add more actors from discord and really give the movie its time to shine um, as opposed to rushing around so you know it's we're in a good spot I'm taking a few extra days to just make sure we are in the best spot possible. And there's always room to improve. There's always room to get better, to get faster and to get leaner. Um, and so those are my goals heading into the 2023 year. I, I think really, you know, as I was mentioning before, with that foundation and understand it, it allows you to make a lot of those improvements, as you mentioned. 
And I think one thing that I do want to mention with this, this industry that I always talk about is one of my least favorite parts of this industry. There's a major lag between the reception of your movie and continuing to produce, make new movies, get better. So the skill that you currently have typically is almost like already outdated from the movie you completed. Now that's in our model. And I think, again, our model is the one that you really need to look at constantly having things in production. But do you want to talk about, I think one of the biggest things that happens with filmmakers is years will just slip away. You know, they'll just be, oh, I'll have this project. Then I'll hit this bump. Then you're on to another year. Then you're on to another year. Where I think one thing that we always focus on is, you know, at the end of the day, there's 365 days in the year. And how many movies did we make during that process? So do you want to talk about how when you do take a yearly review at something, it's kind of odd how in filmmaking, you know, a year seems not to be that much of a unit when we really try and break it down, understand where the gaps are. And I feel like every time we do a review, we can quickly point out to, you know, what caused the delays and what caused the slowdowns. Again, it's not our full time job. So, you know, there's things that naturally come up. But just when you look at, you know, DBS films on a yearly basis, is it really healthy to see the overall trends versus just the individual you know, productions? Yeah, no, it having multiple movies out is key. Um, just from start to finish, the screenwriting phase can take forever. You can always write a different version, you can always make your screenplay better. And I think a lot of indie filmmakers struggle with that is that they are never happy with their screenplay, so they never shoot the movie. And I don't remember like there's been screenplays that I felt really good about. But I've never been like, this is going to be the best thing I've ever shot. At some point, you have to say, look, I spent three months on this screenplay. It's solid. There's no plot holes. I think the pacing's good. You have to take a shot and shoot it. On production, obviously, if you start to get the wheels moving, you start to get people lined up and you start to have hard deadlines. I mean, that the production is probably the easiest point to push forward because like you have to start giving people deadlines with a script. You're kind of just working with yourself. There's no deadlines for you to move with. And then the same thing with post. Um, There's so much footage. There's so many different ways to cut things. There's so many different directions you can go with the movie. It's sort of like writing the screenplay where you will never feel happy with it. Every single cut, you know, that I've had, I've always been like, man, if I just change this or if i worked a little bit harder on this or i changed the color here or did something you know added different music here you have endless choices and the problem with endless choices is you're never going to make a decision so i think one of the reasons we you know go very quickly is because you know we have other movies to make and i really you know in 2020 my goal is to say look i've given this movie 60 days in post at that point it's done. Like if it gets to the 60 day mark, it has to get out because I want to work on the next project where if you look at a lot of indie filmmakers in post, you know, it could take two to three years for them to get through that process, um, which is really a shame. And that's like the movies that actually get uploaded through post. I would wager that 70 to 80% of movies just never even get finished. So I think those are competitive advantages that we are always working on another project. You know, we always have one that we're working on. I have the pipeline of scripts that I want to work on in the future. 
Um, and we understand the process to the point where we are a production studio. We're not just a director or producer or just one off making, you know, our passion project movies. Um, I understand that, you know, this is the concept we're going to shoot. This is the time and energy we're going to give it. And then we're going to finish it and we're going to move on to the next one. So I, I think in this episode, I really want to talk more on the film centric side of things. And then on the next episode, we'll kind of talk about the community. You know, we often talk about how that's like two snowballs building at the same time um, for DBS. So on the film side, you know, I think looking back, um, I almost kind of combined a little bit 2021 then because I kind of considered Girl and Captain 13 and the, the Haunt of the Murder House. But now having Shapeshifter and now having into the force under our belts production wise i would say that the thing is you know in my opinion we're looking more so less of figuring out the model and more of executing just in the sense that you're understanding the cinematography a lot more and as you mentioned one of the big things that we're just really trying to streamline again is this post-production process so do you want to talk about your you know, experience as a cinematographer for the past two movies, how that's built on the girl in cabin 13 and murder house. And it's gotten you to the point where, okay, you know, you understand the tools, you understand how much time it's going to take and why that's pushing us back towards found footage when it comes to, you know, if you have the skills to pull off a found footage movie, well then post is so much easier. Yeah. I mean, it's just another reason why you do a lot of movies and we recommend you make a lot of movies the exponential gains on just writing screenplays, being the cinematographer, directing and working with actors, and then fixing problems in post, going from Girl in Cabin 13 now to, you know, into the forest too. With each one, you're taking such a giant leap. Like everything gets better every single time. And if I would just show, if I had the ability to show other filmmakers how much better you get at these movies quickly as in like from one movie to the next, you get so much better. And just to give you an example, go look at the cinematography and murder house. Um, I wasn't happy with the lighting situation. I spent a lot of time working on lighting and cinematography techniques to really try and cheat the Netflix look. And I think shapeshifter is a huge improvement over that. Um, and then you have into the forest, which is found footage, but just looking back at the other ones on the screenplay aspect, um, I think our pacing in this one is by far the best one yet. So I really think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're only making one movie and you're making one movie every one to, you know, three to five years um, because you get really, really good. And not only do you get really good, you're kind of flushing out the mistakes and we make a lot of mistakes as a kind of a company principle is like try and make mistakes and, and learn from them. And, uh, you know, we're, I see mistakes in every single movie and then it's just, look, you know, don't, don't make the same mistakes again. And so I think making a good movie is obviously writing a good screenplay, shooting a great movie and in post having a good editor or just editing yourself and, you know, understanding how to edit a movie properly. But I also think it's just avoiding the pitfalls, avoiding the mistakes. And if you can make a movie it doesn't need to be the greatest thing ever, but if you can honestly avoid a lot of the pitfalls and mistakes, you're going to end up with a pretty solid movie. So I'd wager that, you know, as you get better writing screenplays and going through the whole production process, you will get exponentially better at telling stories, especially the ones that in your head are being taking that image and, you know, putting it on a timeline. 
but I also think you're going to get better at avoiding mistakes. And eventually you're going to run out of mistakes to make, um, which is a good problem to have because then at that point you could become a little bit more creative. Uh, I'm sure we're always finding mistakes somewhere hiding for us. Um, but I think that's a, that's a great point in the sense that, you know, we're just going to be learning so much more when it comes to each film. We've learned a lot. So let's kind of talk about, again, we focused in on found footage, you know, huge, huge shout out to Ashley as always for kind of, you know, giving us a little tilt to look back down that pathway we've completed into the forest. And, you know, I really just kind of want to talk of, about it from a, a stylistic point of view. I think the big goal that, you know, we've been kind of announcing is four movies and we've always talked about, you know, we, we dictate how many movies we can film in a year is, is really one of the major key KPIs based on everything that we're talking about. But how do you feel about four movies found footage for next year? Because I know I feel incredibly confident about it. Yeah, I feel pretty confident um, in doing that. I don't think there's a reason why we shouldn't be able to do that. And we almost had three movies this year. And we really didn't shoot anything January, February, or March. So if we were to pull in the Roger project in December, like we wanted to, and then we just shot something in January, you know, we're at the four um, last year. Um, I think post-production was a little bit longer than we anticipated, but I mean, now we're, I think I'm like 15 or 20 minutes into the second pass of into the forest and it's a cleaner cut. Like the decisions I'm putting the extra effort into it on this pass to really try and get this thing to where it needs to go. Um, and I think it, you know, if this pass is, is pretty solid, it might just need one more and then we'll be ready to show it to the discord. So you're looking at a much ex faster, like, um, post-production timeline, which is, you know, the key, cause that was always our problem last year. I think, you know, having um, Murder House and Shapeshifter in these long post-production areas. It's a lot of pickup shots. Um, and it's just, you know, learning how to become an editor and understanding how to fix problems quickly and how you actually want to shoot your scenes. It just comes from reps. It comes from experience. And I don't know if it's from found footage or if it's just the fact that, you know, after doing Shapeshifter, I'm a little bit more seasoned because that was an extremely difficult movie to edit but um, as long as the post-production continues on the pace I have now, I don't think it'll be an issue. Screenplay writing is going to always be a little bit tricky, but I'm hoping to kind of negate that problem by either shooting a found footage girl in cabin 13. So we have a girl in cabin 14 and I do want to revisit the murder house and make it completely found footage. So those are two movies that we've done before that we have high concepts, um, we have high concepts as far as like a screenplay and we just need to kind of clean them up and then we can take two risks, which would be like the Roger project and like a Bigfoot movie. So you totally spoiled what my next question was going to be, which was we got four movies. Let's kind of talk about them, what the, the main concepts are. You know, we have a ton of concepts and I feel like recently we've just been going back and forth. For instance, the one on the exorcist found footage, I think is going to be something really cool. So there's a lot of different ideas that are moving there, but I think it's a good place to kind of narrow in just on the film side of what, what movies you might be expecting coming down the DVS pipeline. So first one we're talking about now is the Roger files. And to us, the Roger files, I think is our test back into the micro elements of filmmaking. And I think we always do this here and there. 
Um, I think Into the Forest was kind of a pullback just because it was found footage, but really there's a lot in that movie in the sense of you do have cruising, you have a lot of things like that. Whereas we're trying to basically, you know, have Ben go out there and just kind of see what you can pull out of a really good um, you know, solo acting experience with found footage, because that then, you know, is something that really gives you a good baseline. So do you want to talk about what you're expecting for the Roger files and almost kind of what you want to learn from it too? Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to just work with one actor or just have a couple actors, um, in a production, um, just because of the nature of being the cinematographer and pretty much having to run the set as well. I don't have a assistant AD or, you know, Dylan really helps me with a lot of stuff. Kel helps me with a lot of stuff, but there's just a lot of like stuff that I have to worry about, especially with how fragile these sets are where if we had a project where, you know, we can, where time wasn't as much of an issue and, you know, we only had to work with, you know, one actor and, you know, I've worked with Ben before and I'm in constant communication with him. Um, I feel like we have a good understanding of, uh, you know, what we're trying to get with this project. Um, that being said, I keep digging in the script and it just keeps getting better. And then I'm keep, I'm adding things to it. So I don't know if this, I would even consider this one, as minimalistic as I really wanted it, but it's, I think one thing that we really struggle with, with horror is taking the actors and putting them in environments where something scary is happening, whether that's a sequence or a pop scare, we're just not there yet. As far as like just acting wise and directing wise and, you know, really getting that tension. So the goal of the Roger project is just put him in you know, 10 to 15 really scary sequences and try and really hone in and make these things as scary as possible. And, you know, we want to make sure it's completely action packed from start to finish, but I think that's going to be, you know, a big time learning lesson for us is to, all right, what pop scares can we work? What scary sequences can we build? How do we build tension all the way through and then end with like a climax and just having him out there, it'll be very dialogue minimal um, as far as like he is such a good improv actor that he'll be able to kind of give these scenes life. But it'll give me a lot of reps as far as like really making sure we're getting much better at making these scary sequences and keeping that elevated horror all the way throughout. I think now with our movies, um, some scenes hit and they do really well. But then we're still missing on a lot of them. And I'm not sure if that's just filmmaking in general, um, but I'm going to try and flesh it out and really try and figure out like what makes a really good sequence um, versus one that just kind of misses. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really good test the water type things when it comes to, you know, getting more experience working with an actor and then really trying to hone in on those beats. Again, I think we're, as we get through into the forest, we start seeing what hits, what doesn't hit. It's going to only make us stronger when it comes to the found footage. So let's talk about the second one. I think this one's probably going to be my favorite of the year. Um, just because, I mean, I 
I think it's going to be interesting. And I also think it has the potential to do a lot when it comes to reach and, and idea. That's going to be our Bigfoot one. So again, we just kind of are mulling over ones, but Bigfoot's a very popular genre out there. Bigfoot has a community. Bigfoot has an audience. And I feel like the Bigfoot audience and the found footage audience are almost in that perfect Venn diagram circle. So what are your thoughts on you know this project and, and what you're expecting out of it? Yeah, usually the found footage people gravitate a lot towards Bigfoot and aliens. And I do really want to make an alien one. We have a very good working concept for an alien movie. The problem is, is it's very difficult to get an alien suit, like the entire suit. I can get the head, I can get the arms, but like, what does the alien wear? Um, and that was like a similar problem that we had with Sid in um, Forest of Death was yeah, you have a really cool mask, but like we couldn't show his body or anything is what's a shapeshifter's body supposed to be. And in my head, I was like, all right, well, he can just wear the clothes of like the actor because it's a shapeshifter. They're supposed to have like, you know, the clothes. And then you look at Sid with a T-shirt on. It looks stupid. So um, I want to avoid that with the alien. So I don't know if you need like a silicon suit or something, but it just it looks very weird. And obviously I'm going to try and hide it. But I think in order to make an alien movie, you need some kind of better outfit. And uh, with Bigfoot, there's a lot of Bigfoot like outfits, like there's full on suits and we can have access to them. We can rent them. It's not a problem to do that. So hence, that's the one we're going to go for. We go towards the path of least resistance. Um, that being said, I've watched a lot of Bigfoot um a lot of Bigfoot found footage movies and a lot of them are just slow and they're kind of boring and there's, you know, they're not technically sound. There's some good ones in there, but uh, you know, I feel like we have a good shot of making some really good Bigfoot movies. And I've always loved like the creature found footage stuff. Troll hunters, like one of my favorite found footage movies. So um, I definitely would like to take a stab at this. We haven't done something like this. Um, and I think with kind of how we did into the forest, where it's elevated horror, it was pretty realistic. I think the people who actually believe in Bigfoot or think that there's something else out there, which is the reason that people are, you know, captivated by this, um, will appreciate the realistic element that we could bring to it. And, you know, we did a really good job of building the lore and the story. And I really excited to kind of bring the Bigfoot, uh, character to life. I'm looking forward to that one. I just feel like we're going to have a lot of fun with that shoot. And it means that someone's going to be in a Bigfoot costume. So that's just going to be great. Now, as you mentioned, I think the most obvious one, and you know, usually when we're two, three projects out, it does shift. And this is probably the one where looking back, it might be a little bit different, but kind of what you mentioned, the girl in cabin 13 and murder house review, but I found footage angle. So let's talk about the sweetheart girl in cabin 13 first, since that was the one that really kind of kicked us off into next generation. Um, I think this is again, what we point back to our curiosity as filmmakers, you know, we have a concept, the concept works, the concept sells people identify with that concept and now we're basically just saying well let's relook at the whole concept but from a found footage angle and i think we've already talked about you know a few different ways that it could easily mold over but i think more so 
the exciting part with you know this movie and also with Murder House is just you almost have a next level of creativity when it comes to re-exploring the idea after you've seen it come together. So when you're looking at a girl in Cabin 13 for found footage, give me a little you know insight what you're kind of looking for. And more importantly, you know, as I was mentioning, why are we already looking at redoing ideas that we just you know basically finished in the last two years? Yeah, well, I know Girl in Cabin 13 sells. I know it's got a core audience that really likes it. Um, You know, whatever your thoughts are on that actual production that we did, the concept works. People like that kind of home invasion, very isolated, one location kind of movie. So I think we just, you know, need to add a little bit more spice to it. Um, I think there needs to be some kind of twist ending in there. Um, You know, I don't really want to kind of spoil what, is going on in my head because we are probably going to shoot this one this year, but I think it'll allow us to tell a more intricate story where a girl in cabin 13 was pretty simple. And I think that was the downfall of that movie was all right. Like, you know, they're stuck in here and there's clowns like attacking them. Then what? And we never really got to the, then what it was just kind of like it hit a, a, a moment of tension and then that tension just kind of flatlined till the climax. And I thought the climax is pretty good, but I think we have to find a better way to just add a little bit more suspense, a little bit more um, thriller element to it. Like I think that if we can make cabin 13, just a little bit more horror thriller um, as opposed to just kind of like what it was before, it was just kind of like a horror movie. I think, uh, I think it'll even get a better, like it'll get more people involved in it um because i don't know how to really make that movie super scary like it's just it's people they're invading your home it's more primal fear as opposed to monsters or something like popping out at you so i think we would have to just have a better screenplay the good news is writing you know better screenplays is a challenge and i think that would be you know looking at girl in cabin 13 the challenge that you know we would look at is just how do we make this more suspense suspenseful and you know have more thriller elements as opposed to just straight cheap pop scares? Yeah, I definitely agree in the sense of I think it allows us to really push the screenplay, especially with that one. So the last one, Haunting the Murder House. And I think the fun one with this is, I mean, is there not another movie that we have is so clearly meant for found footage so much so that even the blurb kind of pushes in the degree of, of found footage with what we have. People already consider it a hybrid movie for what we're doing with the streams. But I think the murder house is a very, very good concept that I think can always be so easily scaled with us. You know what I mean? We get a bigger house with the basement. That concept comes right back up to life. We're doing found footage. It comes back to life. So what would you say you're looking forward to in murder house and I would say for me, it's that one is just, I, I almost feel like that was meant to be found footage and we made it cinematic because we hate found footage. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the same movie. Um, I think I'm just going to have spend more money on special effects and a location as an attic in a basement and just move the Ouija board scene up earlier and shoot found footage. I mean, it's going to be pretty straightforward. You know, maybe we'll change up a little bit, but I do like to bring Mo back because um, I do like that guy. Um Maybe just add like a little bit more twist to it. But um, I mean, I think we did a good job in Murder House. It was just like that was a movie that should have been found footage that was cinematic. And, you know, I'd like to take a stab at it, you know, knowing how much better we've gotten. 
um, I think the movie will be that much better. And I think we just got to clean up a few things in the screenplay. But for the most part, I really like that screenplay. And then just all the budget is going to go to having a basement in an attic and, you know, just the best special effects that we can afford. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. Mo's coming back. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up part one of our Looking forward to 2023, basically the movies that we're doing in the next episode. We're really going to talk about more of the performance of the movies, also what we're looking at doing with the community and a bunch of other goals there. But you've heard it right here. We got to make four movies or else Brendan is a massive failure for 2023. So be sure to hold him to that, everyone. Um, But again, you know, I think, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'm more confident now than ever, just because we do have such a solid footing beneath us. We have a solid understanding here. And I mean, the movie sets just, they tend to, they seem to be getting a lot easier. And the ones that are tougher are tougher for reasons that we know we usually are just biting off uh, a, a bit much. So with that being said, be sure to take a look at us online, take a look at our discord channel. If you want to be part of the action, we make, movies for our fans with our fans so if you join our discord you have a chance to be in one of these four upcoming movies but until then have a good one